0: Uh, something I haven't seen in a long time, something very, very important in the eyes of God, very important to our God. But you know, you don't see much of it. You don't see much of it at all, which is sort of odd because it was so common in former times, in Bible times, and there's, it's so rare today. Very rare. Odd. Well, we live in flashy times, don't we? The digital age. What I'm talking about isn't the least bit flashy. No. Afraid not. Sounds old-fashioned in some circles. I'm talking about a thing called repentance. Repentance. It's the reason I'm dressed as I am in this very stylish outfit. Sackcloth and ashes. That's how they used to dress, you know. When they were showing this process of repentance that was going on—an outward symbol of what was going on inside. Repentance. Repentance. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe we should do a little bit of a dive on repentance today. I'm seeing a blank look on some of your faces on repentance. Is it okay if we talk for a few minutes about repentance? It comes from a, a Greek word, metanoia. Metanoia has two meanings to it. One, it means to change your mind. Change your mind. Repentance involves changing our mind. Repentance also involves changing your direction, where you're headed. But a change of mind or a change of direction from what, you're asking. Well, I got a one-word answer for you. Sin. Sin. That's what we're supposed to repent from. Repentance, in summary, begins with a a confession and forgiveness. We're used to this. We get the idea. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive. We love that. We're good with that. There's an element we don't love and we're not good at. And we largely skip. Sorrow. Sorrow. Uh, I can't speak for you. I can speak for me. I'm in a real rush to confess the sin, to get it over, and to know that I'm forgiven. I'm, I'm, I'm not so, so apt to spend time in sorrow and agony over my sin. And why would I be when I live in a day and age that says, you should feel good about yourself? Don't wallow in these things. And, and there is a place at which we could go too far, but trust me, I don't think any of us are anywhere near that. We, 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 we have no sense of what it means to have sorrow over our sin, agony over our sin. So repentance begins with confession, it mixes with sorrow and agony and it leads to life change. It eventually leads to life change. But back to the sorrow thing. Have you noticed we're not very good at it? We're just not into sorrow these days unless the Cubs don't make the World Series. Unless unless the Bears fail to defeat Tom Brady and the We're We're not good at sorrow. You know, I mean... We have praise and worship music, right? That's a good thing. We like that. I like that. Where's the sorrow and agony music? That's equally biblical. Equally biblical. Could you name two songs of sorrow and agony? Don't know that I could. You don't find it on Positive Encouraging K Love. They're positive and encouraging. We don't want to have sorrow. Don't find it on Moody Radio where I live. Not much. No, we're into positive and encouraging. We're not good at sorrow. I I, I would ask, when was the last time you felt sorrow over something you did that made Jesus unhappy? I'm wondering about that for myself right now. Uh, Maybe repentance isn't a big deal to us Because sin isn't a big deal to us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. Cha chinga boom bong. Gone. Go on. Repentance means change your mind and change your direction away from sin and toward righteousness. That's repentance. You do it 180. In Warren Wearsby's book, Be Reverent, he makes a distinction between regret remorse and repentance. He says regret is that activity of the mind, intellect, that causes us to say, now why did I do that? <laughs> that we're pretty good at. At least I am. Now why in the world did I do that again? Remorse touches us a little deeper, causing us to feel disgust and pain involving both the intellect and the heart. We're feeling this now. But still it doesn't cause us to change our ways. No. True repentance brings in the third aspect of our our minds, our will. To truly repent, one must have a change of will. Godly sorrow is the catalyst that brings us true repentance. There's space in the bulletin. Write that one down. Godly sorrow is the catalyst that brings us to true repentance. I think Wiersbe's right on. But what did Jesus say about repentance? I think it might be worth exploring, wouldn't you? What did he feel about repentance? What did he say about repentance? It's interesting, repent is commanded to four of the seven churches in Revelation. Repent. Repent. Repent was actually among the very first recorded words of Jesus. Among the very first words we see captured of our Jesus is the word repent. And it's among his very last Isn't that interesting? Bookends. Beginning to end. Before the cross, after the cross. Repent. It's what he's talking about. It's what he wants. Uh, Matthew 4.17 Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Luke 5.32 I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And Then in Luke 13.3 Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Folks, if repentance was important to Jesus, wouldn't you say it ought to be important to us? I think so. Which leads me to the question of the day, an uncomfortable one, because I can't ask you unless I ask me. And the question is, from what sins are you repenting? From what sins are you repenting? You say, hey, I already asked Jesus to be my Savior. Wonderful. You're headed for heaven. But the question is, from what sins are you repenting? Some examples. Before receiving Christ, some of us struggle with um, language issues. Profanity, vulgarity, salty speech. After receiving Christ, we, we move away from that language, don't we? For some of us, it takes a while. This has been an issue with my own dad for all his life. And, he, and he, he's definitely different than he was. But, but we've got to move away from salty language. Before Christ, our money was all about us. Our wants, our desires, our house, our dreams, our vacations. After Christ, our money isn't ours. It's Christ. We move away from uh, this self-absorption. So a, a 10% tithe or more, that's no big deal. It's something we give gladly because we're doing a financial 180. Change of mind, change of direction. Before Christ, we guys might have stared at women lustfully. After Christ, we don't stare. (laughs) We We look women in the eyes and no lower. Our eyes have literally changed direction. Before Christ, our free time was all about us. Our hobbies, our sports, our friends, right? After Christ, our time is His. From Sunday worship to Wednesday night prayer meeting to personal ministry with others, our time is His. We move from entitlement, right, to Christ, to service. So repentance means with the help of the Holy Spirit, you and I make a change. We make a change. You change your mind and you change your direction. Turn from evil, turn to godliness. Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. little side road we need to go down here for just a moment. Please note that repentance is not the same thing as belief. (gasps) It's true. It's not the same thing as belief. It's a separate act, and Jesus himself makes that clear. Listen to Mark 1:14 and 15. Jesus is here in a conversation. It says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Notice that Jesus makes a very, very clear distinction here. Believing in the gospel is not the same thing as as repenting. They're related, sure, but they're not the same. They're, They're two different actions. Repent and believe, Jesus says. Same thing in Matthew 21, verse 32. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Jesus could have just said believe. He said, repent and believe. Once we're saved, Jesus expects a sorrow, a sorrow over our sins, and he expects a difference in our lives. A sorrow over our sins and a difference in our lives. Question, again, from what sins are you repenting? Am I repenting? Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus made another provocative statement about repentance that we don't give a whole lot of attention to in our day, I don't think. I want you to hear Christ speaking in Matthew three eight, where He commands us, produce fruit, in keeping with repentance. So if you claim Christ as your Savior, there ought to be something good coming your, out of your life. You know, something fruit is something we see, something we smell, something we taste. It's something that uh, helps us out, builds us up. Right? That's fruit is that coming out of my life? Is that coming out of your life? There ought to be something there. If you say you're a Christian, but your life is mostly unchanged, you're pretty much speaking the way you spoke the day you got saved. You're doing pretty much the same with your money the way you did the day you got saved. Your hobbies, your time, your passions are all pretty much the same. Then then there's little or no fruit, I guess. And maybe it's time for a spiritual inventory. Maybe. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Turn from evil. Turn to godliness. I want you to hear me very clearly today so there's no confusion. Repentance is not the price of our salvation. Repentance is the proof of our salvation. It's not the price, but it is the proof. God forbid that I should make salvation one wit any more complicated than believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That is the gospel message. That is the truth. It is just that simple. But we cannot escape the biblical command to repent. Can't get around it. We don't repent to earn our salvation, to earn God's favor. That's not possible. We repent, though, out of love and gratitude to Christ for buying our freedom. We repent because we care about the things he cares about. We repent because we have a proper sorrow over our sin. We repent because we need forgiveness and sorrow and life change every single day. That's why this gospel message is something we need to hear and preach to ourselves every day. It's not a one-time thing, yeah, I accept Jesus... That was then. What about today? Why talk about repentance today? Why this focus? Because I'm thinking that not as many of us repent or feel they need to. Repentance is just not cool. It's not hip. Doesn't fit in with animated video backgrounds and smoke and worship bands and Chris Tomlin t shirts. It's not cool. I think many people feel that as long as they prayed the prayer to receive Jesus, they got this sort of eternal life insurance thing. They get to escape hell, and that's okay. And then they can unbelievably keep on living the way they've always lived. But Jesus says, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. I'm convinced the reason that today's Christians divorce at the same rate as the secular world, we haven't repented. The reason we watch the same number of R-rated films as the secular world, we haven't repented. The reason statistics will bear out that we watch pornography at pretty similar rates to the rest of the world, we haven't repented. We haven't repented. We bought the eternal life insurance plan, and we're good with that. It's all we want. It's not all Jesus wants. Please note that God is not in the life insurance business. He's in the holiness business. He didn't come to pass out spiritual band-aids. He he came to do heart transplants. Life change from the inside out. It's not about showing up in church to, to make God happy. It's about God showing up in us. To make us holy. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Turn from evil. Turn to godliness. I want to say it again. Repentance is not the price of our salvation. Repentance is the proof of our salvation. There's something assuring and unsettling about both of those statements. Do you have the proof? Or did you just buy the plan? You get that eternal fire insurance and you're good now. For those who have never made Jesus the leader of their lives, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you right now to repent in the sense of changing your mind, your heart about who Jesus is. But repent and believe. Believe that Jesus died on the cross in your place for your sin. He's not just a religious figure who died for some... Fuzzy, vague religious notions. He wants to be your personal savior. And unless you let him do that, by the authority of Scripture, I got to tell you, Revelation 20 15, whoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It's not pretty. If you've never repented in that sense, I urge you to do it today. Repent and believe. For those who do know, I'm born again. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Ask yourself, from what sins am I repenting? From what sins? I'm asking you to choose maybe one sin and start repenting today. You know, there are so many areas in my life that need this repentance focus. Um, If you had an hour, I could give you the top 2%. Um, one, one thing that has really been, been dogging at me for decades, for decades, is the sin of worry. And uh, I've often joked that if worry was uh, an Olympic sport, I would have a dresser drawer full of gold medals. That sounds kind of cute, kind of funny, except it isn't. It really is not. Uh, worry is a serious sin. It's a serious sin. It is directly disobeying Jesus. You know, it's one thing when you've got a, a kid who's tired or hungry or whatever, and they act the way they do. It's another thing when their tummies are full, their diaper's been changed, and you tell them, don't touch that, and they march up there and they touch it anyway, right? That's two different kinds of things. Every time I worry, I'm marching up and touching something that Jesus said, don't touch that. I'm like, hmm, not cool. Jesus says, do not be anxious for your life. Worry is not a small thing. So way at the start of working on this sermon a few months ago, I decided if I was going to have a conversation with you about repentance, I needed to have a conversation with me about repentance. And decided this thing needed to be addressed. And decided to take some action on this. Decided to work on repenting of the sin of worry. Um, For months now, I have connected every Wednesday with a godly uh, man from this church. I give him an update on my progress for the week. We assess my journey. Because we're guys, I usually just, boom. This week is a seven. Or this week is a six. Sorry, it's not as good. And, and, And he'll give some some kind feedback, a little encouragement, some observations. Every Wednesday, I know I'm going to get asked about it. Every Wednesday. I'm reading a book on worry. I'm, I'm trying to uh, focus on scriptures that speak about worry. I, I'm praying about worry. In other words, I'm learning. Emphasis on learning <laughs> to repent. Repent. All right, what's the result of all this several months in? You want to know. You're asking, right? The answer is, I'm not free of worry yet. I'm not. I'm not. But I can honestly look you in the eye and say it has a little bit of a less hold on my life. A little bit less. I I do still fail, and big time. But I'm, I'm comfortable saying worry is not going to own me in the long run. I am not okay adding any more worry metals to the dresser drawer. It's time to repent for me. From what sins are you repenting? Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Turn from evil. Turn to godliness. One final motivation for repentance from Acts 17, 30 and 31. Paul urges the times of ignorance God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Did you catch that? All people everywhere repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. There really is a judgment day coming. Readiness begins with repentance. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Turn from evil. Turn to godliness. Repent. 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 We're going to take a very uncomfortable two minutes of complete silence. I'm going to ask the worship team, the orchestra, to stay seated. And we are all going to process as best we can before God, inviting him to shine his flashlight into our lives and say, this is what I want you to repent of. I dare you to ask God that. I'm going to. 2 minutes invite him to show you what he would like you to repent of write it down find a scrap of paper do the illegal thing take the blue prayer request form do what you need to to, to have something that'll be a, a a memory for you and then and then begin the work of repentance this can't just be a little talk It's got to be life change. That's what repentance is. So let's just pray quietly. I'll close our time in prayer. So I'll leave you with your two minutes. Lord Jesus, thank you for, by your Holy Spirit, shining that flashlight in our hearts, for searching us, for knowing our wicked ways. Would you help us now to take action on those things that you've shown us? To repent, to have a change of mind, a change of direction to let godly sorrow have its work in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, that you will walk with us through this. Help us to repent. We believe the kingdom of God is at hand. We'd just like to be ready, Jesus. Help us with our repentance. We're weak. We need you, Jesus. Amen.